0: normal for all of us to be feeling what we're feeling right now, because what we're going through as a planet, individually and as a planet, is not only unprecedented, it is not in line with an internal response of safety and stability. So it is 110% normal that we're all feeling what we're feeling. And I think it's really important to normalize
1: it. and welcome back to The C Word, the podcast for cancery people. I'm your host, Helen King. If you like what you hear today, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. We are slowly edging to the end of this year and I don't know about anyone else, I feel like 2020 has been a hell of a year. Do you remember, and I don't know if everywhere in New Zealand experienced this but certainly here in Auckland in January we had that really weird orange hue light come when Australia was having those huge bushfires and it was such a weird time because that orange hue just created this weird apocalyptic feeling and I kind of feel like that was an omen of what was to come. We have been really lucky, I think, as a nation that we had a government who acted really quickly and our cases of COVID have been reasonably controlled. But this year has still been very stressful. And as we move into the holiday season, which I think is usually stressful in itself, I wanted to talk to my guest today about how we can protect ourselves from turning stress into burnout So Faye Lewand grew up in war-torn Lebanon before leaving with her family when she was a child. As an adult, she experienced several bouts of burnout and health issues and it prompted Faye to start on her journey of learning how to truly control how she responds to stress. She now works as an internal conflict resolution specialist and has a particular interest in helping people working in the corporate world prevent burnout. Last week, she joined me on a live stream on the SeaWorlds Facebook page and we started the conversation with Faye talking about the impact growing up in a conflict zone had on her.
0: And um, you or your listeners may remember or may know that that war lasted many, many years, over 15 years, and it claimed hundreds of thousands of lives, and it dislocated many, many hundreds of thousands more. And my family and I were part of that statistic that we dislocated, and we left the zone of conflict pretty early on in the game. And so what I grew up thinking and believing, Helen, was that I wasn't affected by the war, conflict hasn't touched my life and i'm perfectly fine and i got out early and all of those things are to a certain extent true but it wasn't until much later on that i realized that i had taken those internal patterns of conflict with me as we were moving from country to country fleeing the war and fleeing the trouble and Burn, so so things were crumbling in my life, in all areas of my life. My career was in shambles, and I didn't really know why. And that created a lot of internal stress and an internal angst. My personal relationships were very troubled and very, very wrought with friction and wrought with negativity. And that created a lot of internal trouble and internal turmoil, um, my ability to have or be in a happy, committed relationship, romantic relationship was just leading nowhere. Uh, and eventually, because all of these things weren't looked at, my health started to rapidly decline. And that's really unfortunately when we start to pause and look and listen and search. And um, it showed up in my health in very, very real, very real ways. Uh, And it was, uh, it was kind of like a syndrome. It was multiple things. It was chronic pain. It was lethargy like I've never experienced before. It was interrupted digestion, interrupted sleep, vertigo that would allow me like I'd be driving my car to totally lose control of the car. Totally. I'd be sitting at my desk at work and I would just fall over and I had no explanation. Like, and how do you explain it to your colleagues? I had no explanation for what was going on. Rampant anxiety, rampant PTSD. And I was actually convinced that there was something neurologically wrong and biologically wrong. And so when I went and sought out um, medical help and medical assistance, I was bracing myself for a really frightening diagnosis, medical diagnosis. But the results kept coming back negative. And you would think that I would have been happy. I wasn't happy because my, my internal dialogue, and it was a dialogue to the doctor, where you were telling me there's nothing wrong. Why am I feeling so bad on the inside? Why am I so lacking in energy and joy and happiness? And why is life so hard if I'm so healthy? And that's when the journey started, because at the time, the prescription was medication and talk therapy, and neither one was a viable solution for me, Helen. I wanted something that uh, didn't mean that I was just treating the symptom, and I wanted something that didn't mean that I'm just running around in circles talking about what wasn't working out in my life, and which ended up making me feel worse about myself
1: in my life. Mm. And that's how the journey began yeah and i i I've, I've been thinking about this a bit because i was um you know i said before that i i think in the um past couple of days I've been thinking how many times in my adult life has thing have things just completely <laughs> fallen apart and yeah. yeah and the and the tiredness and all of that stuff, and there i think there have been sort of three major times, and then you know that i mean i' don't, I don't know what caused my cancer, but I do know leading up to it, I had been through um, about three years of very, very stressful things. Yes, like every every time I got to an end of the year, I'd think, right, that's it, I got yeah. to the end. I yeah. this is it, I I can carry. And then something else would happen, and yeah. something you know. And, and so by the time the cancer happened, I I started thinking. Is this my body's way of saying you have not been listening? And I and I started thinking about um, how do you live a slower life? How do yeah. you how do you live a, a, a less complicated life? And I have to say, I did not come to any answers. You know, I read about it, I listened to things, and you know, because cancer is one of those things that stops you in your tracks, totally. and you do reassess. Totally, but I I kind of. I thought I don't know what the answer is because I feel like modern life is so set up to feel uh, stressed and pressured and all of those things <clears throat> I I just don't I don't know how to um you know to simplify all of that so I'm living the best life I can that nurtures myself
0: yeah yeah, I, I, you're, you're spot on about so much of what you said, but something really um, um, stayed with me early on in the piece when you said, is this my body's way of telling me something is off track? And I 100% believe, 100% that the mind is always speaking to us through the body, 100%. You know, when we hear about the mind-body connection, I mean, that plays out in so many different ways, right? But if you think about it, if we are one and we are one, the mind and the body and the nervous system and the emotions and the organs and the senses... If there is an imbalance, or if there is a conflict, or if there is a tension in one area, how else is it going to grab our attention? How else will your mind, because our mind is always communicating with us about what's not working and what's not right, but it doesn't use language. Like it can't say, hey, Helen, you really need to look at something that happened, you know, about, you know, in your childhood. Helen, you know, the way that you are consuming coffee or alcohol or whatever, as an example, is really not in line with with your optimal health blueprint. Hey, Helen, you know, the way that you are living your lifestyle needs to be reassessed. It cannot use language that you can understand that clearly and that blatantly. So it ends up using Signals, sensations, right? Yeah. Imbalances. When we hear these days, oh, it's normal, it's normal not to have interrupted sleep. It's normal for digestion to be off track. It's normal to be stressed. It's normal for women to have interrupted periods or painful periods. Well, it may be normal, but it's not natural because we yeah. were actually designed to do all of these things in a very easy, flowy way. But we get in our own way, don't we? Mm. If we're not regularly making time to actually look at what's going on, feel what's going on, so important to feel what's going on, and to really look at what's going on, eventually these internal patterns of conflict and tension, they grow And they spread and they actually then present themselves in an undeniable moment of crisis that will allow you to stop in your tracks. Because if it weren't for that physical crisis, I know for myself, I would not have stopped in my tracks. I wouldn't. And when I said I had three episodes of burnout. It wasn't until my third, my second one, actually, where I also manifested precancerous cells that I got really serious about, about this. Because in my first burnout, I'm like, okay, you know, um, uh, let me maybe, you know, change the way I eat. Let me change the way I sleep. Let me change what happens inside my mind. Very important. And all of these things actually created a lot of uh, progress, but it wasn't enough. The second round of burnout that I had, which was really, really, really bad, uh, and I manifested those precancerous cells, that's when I'm like, okay, I need to stop here. There's something on the inside, deep on the inside, that is not working, and I need to clear it. And what do you know when I actually went, and this was when I came across the work of the subconscious mind, and I heard about this thing called the subconscious mind. And it fascinated me because the explanation was that this is the part of your mind, the part of your brain that stores everything that's ever happened to you, all your emotions, all your thought patterns. And a lot of healing can come when you actually heal from this at a subconscious level. I thought, oh, this actually resonates. Let me go try it out. So I booked in with a therapist who works with a subconscious mind. And the therapist Uh, at the time instructed my subconscious mind to go back to the very first time the root cause of the burnout the stress and all of the pressures and struggles in my current life my mind went back traveled back all the way in time to the time that I was about five when my family and I were fleeing the war and it was in the middle of the night it was just my mom and the three kids because my dad was trapped outside of the country all airplanes had shut had had closed off. So it was my mother in the middle of the night with a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old fleeing a war zone. And as we were nearing the port, there were bombs flying overhead and snipers in the distance. And my mom, in an attempt to keep us kids safe, she pushed our heads underneath the seats of the car. Well, you know... I went into panic mode, I couldn't breathe, and the nervous system was trapped in a, in a pattern of fight and flight that was never looked at and was never resolved. And that was the seed for unregulated stress responses moving on in my adult life. Now, right now you and I are nodding and this makes so much sense, but back then, can I tell you, I was so ignorant and so arrogant. I totally dismissed that. I left that therapist's office thinking, this is ridiculous. How could something that happened when I was five have any bearing on where I am right now and all of the health burnout issues that I'm experiencing? Well, I mean, of course, how could it not, Helen? How could it not? It It took a while for me to actually come around to that idea. And then that's when I started actually looking a lot deeper and clearing all of those internal conflicts. When I did that, when I did that, all my physical symptoms cleared, the precancerous cells cleared, the anxiety cleared. At the time, my digestion was very bad, my skin, my sleep, all of that cleared and came on board and came on track because the mind no longer needed to use those systems in my body to communicate with me that it's breaking on the inside and it's hurting on the inside and it needs attention on the inside. So I cannot stress or overstress enough the importance of looking at all of this unresolved stuff on the inside. You don't need to have been born into a war zone to experience internal conflicts. We all have them.
1: Mm. And there's a really good comment here um, from one of our listeners, and I really relate to this. Um, Jennifer is, says that her dreams really let her know the cause. It's hard oh. to process that feeling in real life as it's painful. But acknowledging what it is really helps understand why I feel burnt out or why I'm feeling triggered sometimes. Yeah, And I really relate to this because I am the same. Well, yeah. I, I've had a lot of trouble of... Um, sort of processing emotions or being able yeah. to identify in with them but I, I feel like I process a lot of big stuff in my subconscious because it comes out in my, in my dreams.
2: Of course. of
1: course. Yeah I really so I really relate to that that I have had so much trouble in my especially well actually my whole life of being able to be okay with how I feel that it comes out in in lots of other different ways
0: and it's not uh, thanks for that jennifer and just like uh, myself as well when i was going through you know all of those you know big big periods of burnout and and health issues the dreams were like unbelievably vivid but the thing is that's your subconscious right And if you're not attending to the clearing process regularly, your mind needs to process and detoxify those memories and those emotions in some way or some shape or somehow. And just one little thing, one little seed I want to plant with you and Jennifer and anyone else who's listening. The thing about processing emotions and thoughts and all of that negativity, the best, you don't need to do it on a conscious level. The best, easiest, fastest, most gentle way to do it is at a subconscious level, at the level at which they're created and stored, where you don't really need to be conscious of what's going on and you don't need to be re the negative experiences or the hurtful emotions. And I think a lot of us shy away from dealing with our emotions for a number of reasons. First of all, we don't understand the relevance of dealing with them. And I think we've been conditioned to believing that uh, being emotional is not a good thing but also I think another reason right and I think another reason we don't know the tools we don't really have the tools and we don't want to re-experience the uncomfortable emotions that we felt and we're trying to uh, deal with those emotions on a conscious level but that's not where they're stored and that's not where they're playing out in your life. You need to be doing it at the subconscious level. And you'd be amazed at how quickly they resolve at a subconscious level. I mean, that's what I do in my clinic every day. Like these things resolve so,
1: so quickly when the intention and the readiness is there. I really, I'm really, i really fascinated by this because I, um, I have done talk therapy before. And yeah. what I have found it useful for is just... Sometimes just dropping in somewhere and saying, hey, this is what's going on. And I've never ever found it useful for resolving anything because... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because, because for well, for a number of reasons, it was, that was my experience as well, and that's what led me to do the work that I'm doing that I'm doing now. Because there's a few things with talk therapy that I feel are not um, producing the results that many of my clients that come and see me tell me they want. First of all, you're working on the problem at a conscious level, and as we said, the, the problem is not store, is not created at the conscious level. And for many of us, if will and conscious thinking and thinking about the problem more enough I think all of us would have resolved our issues by now right because we know a lot especially nowadays Helen right That we can research anything online and you can understand pretty much everything online but that's not what's going to make the difference because your mind is primarily subconscious right Primarily, So that's one of the reasons what I have found and my clients tell me can be quite restrictive about uh, talk therapy. The other reason is, is that it keeps you locked into the problem and the negative feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's not where you want to be. As you're seeking out therapy solutions, can I just plant the seed with you, with Jennifer, with your listeners, that you seek out therapy solutions that are outcome-based, look at, okay, where do you want to go? What do you want to feel instead? What do you want to be doing instead? What do you want to have instead? Do you know in my, and where I work, I it's not that I don't care to know. Like, I don't need to know what happened to you. I don't need to know. And I find my clients tell me that it's so freeing. I need to know, how do you feel now? How do you want to feel instead? And when you feel that way, how will your life be different? Now let's get your mind to do that for you. And you'll be amazed at how quickly the mind does that for you. Because that's the mind that's there to actually service you and to um, and to uh, take care of you. And that's the same mind that is in the body. It's the same mind that stores your emotions and your memories. It's the same mind that beats your heart that breathes your lungs, that digests your food. And so when there, it's, it makes sense that when there's trouble with troubled memories, troubled internal conflicts, you're going to have trouble with the internal physical systems of
1: the body. Absolutely. And I because I, um, I was diagnosed with having ADHD this year, and I'll be 40 in a month. And so I've gone through my whole life not understanding why I was slightly different. And it got misdiagnosed with all sorts of other things. And, and the reason I bring this up is because the most helpful things were the psychiatrist that diagnosed me because she validated that actually yes. yeah, your brain is wired differently and that's okay. Yeah, yes, totally. That's okay. And it was so, it was like this giant weight lifted off me. But then yes. I saw an ADHD coach and she was very much like, what you're saying is she, um, she was like, I'm going to do six sessions with you, because if we can't sort out things <laughs> six sessions, you know I don't want it to drag out. But one of the things that she really um focused on with me was what are those core beliefs that are holding you back and and lead to and lead to your reactions? and and this is the interesting part for me is because if I think about every time I have burnt out, it has, if I go right back to what is that core belief? Is that there's something wrong with me? Yeah. I'm not good enough, yeah. and that that I'm wrong. And yeah. it was it was like this moment where I went, "Wow, those that's and that happened from little because I had this I had this um, I guess a neurological thing that no yeah. one picked up on, yeah, and was constantly being told, "Why are you like this?"
0: think so there's hearing. an internal story that was created yeah. about the way you view yourself. Mm. That internal story about the way you view yourself also created uh, feelings, emotions about yourself and about life yeah. that were also subconscious and to a certain extent, maybe were repressed or suppressed or not looked at or not examined or whatever. And over time, the momentum the 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 energy of that accumulates and it, it has imprints
1: in the body hmm. <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah. So, I'm sure, have you watched that movie heal no no i haven't oh the documentary
0: oh my gosh helen please 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 <laughs> go on to netflix go on to netflix and um uh, download or stream or whatever that documentary Heal H E A L. It is I actually prescribe it to my clients because mm-hmm. it looks at um, the three three chronic situations. One is cancer. One is chronic pain, and I forget about the other one. And um, they they have the top leading mind body experts in the world looking at prescriptions for healing for these three cases but also these prescriptions for healing become um, prescriptions for prevent for for, from prevention and they come up with like a guide nine guidelines to heal or nine guidelines to prevent disease. Mm. And of those nine, you would not be surprised to hear that only two involve the physical body. Only two. The other seven are all about the internal reality and what's happening internally It's things like, forgiving the, forgiving um, your past it's things like having a sense of purpose it's things like dealing with your negative stuff it's things like managing your stress differently and um, it's all of these things that are not about the physical body because there's this understanding that what happens on the inside can either heal you or reverse the
1: effects of this uh, ease yeah, absolutely. It is because um, in a few weeks, I'm I'm having someone on the show to talk about. There is a book called um, Radical Remission and the same author yes. wrote Radical Hope. Yeah. And I, I've been slowly listening to Radical Hope on an audio book. Yeah. And it's the exact same thing that actually um, when Kelly Turner looked into the research around people who had, you know, gone into a spontaneous uh, remission from cancer, it wasn't. It wasn't the physical things. Like, there, I mean, there was a little bit around, you know, <laughs> yeah, eating yeah. well and nourishing yeah. your body. But all the other stuff actually came down to 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 in here, and I find that really yeah. interesting because it's also, um, you know, I've had the privilege of, of interviewing lots of different people, um, especially for this podcast, and I find often when people have an incurable an incurable diagnosis. Um, the way that they deal with that is by shifting that perspective, honing in on what's important. And I sometimes think it's so, um, it's sad that uh, so many of us, it it takes getting really, really sick or our life being at at risk to go, actually, what's important to me? What do I need to get rid of?
0: And how fortunate are we that we heed the call? Because many people don't heed the call, do they? We hit the call and we use that challenge as an opportunity for change and and growth. Um, We said something about how interesting is it about, you know, how the inside uh, also kind of like, I find it interesting, but I also find it very empowering because it kind of puts the, uh, the, 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 hold back on you, you know, that it's not the, it's not the medical establishment. It's not the oncologist. It's actually you. And, um once, once you're able to create those internal realities that are supportive of health for yourself, the other thing is no one can take them away from you because then they become patterns and imprints for success in all areas of your life, not just in your physical health, but your emotional health, your relationship health, your social health, and so on
1: i and I want to ask about something that i was um I watched uh, one of your little uh, a, a short video on your YouTube channel, and I thought this was a very interesting um comment and it sort of made me stop and think about it um is that you say stress isn't the issue yes
0: it's not the problem that is see because that is my mission is to change the attitudes of burnt out professionals around stress and managing stress. All of us have been fed um, a belief. Well, I don't want to say we've been fed a belief. You know, we, we have um, been conditioned to believe that all stress is harmful. Stress is a killer. Therefore, we need to manage it. And my experience has been, you know, when I went, was going through my burnout and I heard that I need to start managing my stress, I actually started researching all the stress management techniques out there and I started applying them into my life. You know, I was doing my breathing and I was doing my um, my meditation apps and I started yoga and Qigong and I was doing my essential oils and I was doing a lot of the herbal supplements. And I really, I really, really was doing it all. But yet, Helen, I was still feeling stressed and overwhelmed. OK, less than before, for sure less than before, but it wasn't i didn't feel resilient enough and and that really really frustrated me and this was the last piece actually to come on board in my system relating to stress differently and it wasn't until i came across the groundbreaking research of the new science of stress that i understood that actually stress doesn't need managing it needs transforming And I just want to talk a little bit more about that. So there's three reasons why we need to stop managing stress. First of all, is you're probably doing it and you're still experiencing, you know, uh, stress. The other really important reason about um, um, stress not being the problem is because uh, stress actually is about it can fuel your life if you have the mindset that allows you to access the new stress responses that the research has uncovered. We, I don't know about you, but I know growing up and until I came across this body of research two years ago, I believed there was only one stress response, fight, flight, fight, flight freeze. Yeah. That's what I was told, that's what I believed, and I lived my life by that belief. We're talking about how our beliefs govern our reality. That's how I lived my life. And that belief meant that I was doing things that were not allowing me to tap into resilience. When I came across the work of the new science of stress and I actually found out that the research has pointed to three new stress responses, each of which actually has an advantageous biochemical hormonal profile that allows us to tap into internal resources and coping mechanisms that allow us either resilience or growth or energy or focus or performance or connection. It just completely changed the way I relate to stress, and and it's meant that now I wasn't managing stress, but looking at transforming it. But if you, because if you just stop to think about managing something, you're just coping with it, right? Like it is a bit of a deficit mindset. But if you think about what the research is telling us, transforming stress. That is more about change, right? It's about shifting. It's about altering. It is more hopeful. It is a a different mindset. But the key in accessing those benefits and those new stress responses is, you probably guessed it, internal. It is the internal mindset. And what you do in here that will allow you to either move from a fight-flight to one of these beneficial stress responses that can be advantageous to your life, and the other third reason why stress is not the problem is because we are not resetting the nervous system as often as we need to, Helen, you know? Like we are equipped, we are neurologically equipped to deal with stress and even even recover from trauma. But the problem is that we override that capacity to heal from stress and trauma because we don't go into that other part of the nervous system that knows how to repair, restore, and heal. And so we're just going from one stressful week, one stressful life situation, one stressful episode, one deadline to the next without shifting over to the other part of the nervous system that knows how to reset after trauma. You look at animals in the wild you know animals in the wild, we our nervous system is more complex than theirs. After a traumatic incident after their life, after they survive a, survive a threat to their life, they don't develop chronic PTSD and they don't develop burnout and they don't develop chronic anxiety and chronic insomnia. And the reason for that is they literally remove themselves and they shake off literally shake off the effect of the trauma. We don't do that. We we have the capacity to do it, but we don't do it. And that's why I say stress is not the problem because you're probably managing the stress and it's not working for you. It's not about managing stress. It's about transforming it. And you need to be doing something to reset the nervous system regularly. So, how, So how do we manage stress differently? By transforming it. Yeah. And by transforming it. So actually I have... I have because this was the last piece in my journey, and the piece that has made the biggest, most profound difference in the in the way I do wellness and well being. I set up actually a six week course to really take you by the hand and introduce you to the science, the knowledge, and the content and the concepts. But more importantly, more importantly, to then show you practical tools and hold your hand as you apply, integrate, and implement. Because Helen, as you know, we know, like we said it again, you can go out there and research whatever it is that you want to research, but what's going to make the difference is how you apply it and implement it in your daily life and having the support along the way in the system to show you how to do it. But since you asked, I just wanted, the way you do it is by changing your mindset, First it starts by educating yourself about the about the uh, the new science of stress and you're very welcome you and your listeners to go new science of stress Kelly McGonigal go on to TEDx there's a lot of great um, TEDx talks and information it starts with knowledge you do need knowledge and then you need to start applying applying that knowledge in concrete ways in your life shift the mindset because it is the mindset that then is going to create the different biological response in the body so that you tap into internal resources of strength when the stress um, a response is activated and not a debilitating effect and you know there's the, the the mindset piece is really where it comes in and it's not something that you can do in one day there is no quick fixes with anything right but it is the mindset piece it's becoming aware of how you currently do stress and it's then starting to implement those other ways and those other tools that the new science of stress talks about i
1: can remember a few months before i got cancer i i went on a holiday and i it was i felt riddled with anxiety because um, just work had become very very stressful yeah. and I stayed at this really lovely place up in um, yeah, just further up um, north and the guy that and his wife had this lovely place and they did yoga and all of these things because he had been a journalist like I had been and I kept thinking, the thing is, is that I don't like yoga so I'm i I can't quit my job and become a yoga teacher no. because no. that's just not that's just yeah. not me. It's not my personality, and so it's that I. I think for me, sometimes it's that all-or-nothing thinking um, of either I need to move to the middle of nowhere and have no stresses anywhere, but I think actually I, I'm someone who needs a lot of stimulation. I'm someone who, sure. who likes who like sort of, um, you know, interesting work and things, so that was never going to be a solution for me.
0: No, but the thing is, and that, see, that, that that's, that's part of the problematic uh, subconscious belief that we've bought into, you know, that... Um, that uh, we need to avoid stress and therefore to avoid it means to either quit a job, leave a job, leave a relationship, move countries or whatever. But the thing is, life is stressful and I don't mean it in a way that is detrimental or overbearing, but, but if you think about stress as a response to a demand in your environment or a demand in your life, then there is stress. But this is the thing, not all stress is bad for us. And we've been so brainwashed conditioned to believe that all stress is bad, that we feel like the managed stress is either to do yoga or it's an all or nothing, quit my job. And that can be quite limiting. And and the and it's very costly to try and avoid stress because A, you can't do it. It then creates a loop of internal stress and anxiety. And, and you're cutting yourself off from the internal hormonal biological advantages that come from just making a little switch on the inside to accessing those hormonal chemical resources that provide you with very, very empowering coping strategies.
1: And I think this is a good time to, because we mentioned this just before we came on and I and I said, we're coming up to Christmas. Oh gosh, this is, this I'm is, shocked. You know, <laughs> When I saw Christmas decorations, I'm like, "Hold on a minute, wait, what? What? No, is it's insane. This year has just been so crazy." And yes. um, my partner Ross and I were talking just before, and we were kind of, um, we we're kind of laughing because we were thinking about when we went into lockdown. Yeah, and just the insanity of it, and I find it, I find it weird to think that that we're few days we had at the beginning of the year with Australian bushfires where we everything yes. that, that, that was this year. Yes that the lockdowns were this year. Yes. I just feel like it has just
0: it's been massive what's happened to the planet. Yeah. And that has massively affected all of us. At a subconscious level, we have all all our nervous systems have been impacted. And yep. um, you know, you you uh, any anytime that our nervous system likes predictability and it lacks familiarity and when there isn't predictability and when there isn't familiarity the nervous system interprets that as a threat and it puts us subconsciously automatically into uh, the, the stress part of our nervous system yeah so this is why it is so important to manage the nervous system and to do something with the stress in our lives, if we want to prevent burnout, Mm -hmm. and and I'm going to take it as far and say, and if we want to prevent mental health challenges, because at the heart of all mental health challenges, and I've been there, I've had the whole range, depression, PTSD, anxiety, every single range of mental health. And I'm at the heart of mental health challenges are unregulated stress responses, mm-hmm. unregulated, unregulated nervous system, unsupported nervous system, and, and an internal negative dialogue that is not being managed, that is not in check. And that's why, you know, like the system that I use with my clients feeds all of these things and a lot more because it's got to be you need a holistic approach when you're burnt out or when you're recovering from a chronic disease you need to do something for your body you need to do something for your mind you need to do something for your emotions you need to do something for your nervous system you need to do something for your stress you need to do something for your life and for your environment yeah it can't be one-dimensional solution yeah and that's actually another reason why the top therapy I'm not a big fan of it, and it never really
1: worked for me absolutely so I think about as we as we come into Christmas and I feel actually this year it could be it could be harder for some people I mean you know job losses have been
2: yeah. a significant Huge. very place. real
1: so there, there are lots of things, and um I feel like already out on the road things are a bit crazy <laughs> yes. Totally, like the road rage is more, is getting more and more, isn't it? Yeah, so what what can we do to kind of walk into the next, you know, month or so and yeah. um, be a little bit sort of calmer or yeah. sort of respond differently?
0: Yeah, I think, thanks for asking that question. Um, so I think one of the most important things that we can do, not just at this time of year, but at any time in our lives where things are, you know, kind of like, getting to us is to just stop and pause acknowledge what is happening and and to sit, like to normalize it right to normalize it on the inside because it is so normal for all of us to be feeling what we're feeling right now because what we're going through as a planet individually and as a planet is not only unprecedented it is not in line with, an internal response of safety and stability so it is 110% normal that we're all feeling what we're feeling and i think it's really important to normalize it and to allow ourselves to feel it without trying to avoid it without yeah. trying to suppress it and without uh, trying to do something with it you know to talk it down or do something with it the other thing is the other thing is uh, to um, And I know it sounds cliched, uh, Helen, I know it sounds cliched, but it works, is actually to uh, talk to yourself the way that you would talk to someone that you care about who is in distress. Mm -hmm. And now there's so much science out there around, you know, self-compassion, self-friending, whatever you want to call it, because it goes back to what are you telling yourself on the inside? Because that's going to make a huge difference. So if your child were to come to you, your best friend, your partner, and they're telling you they're rattled by what's going on, they can't believe, you know, blah, 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 whatever it is that that is bothering us, what would you say to them? What language would you use? What tone would you use? What words would you use? And then can you please think about maybe just reversing that back to you, right, and talking to yourself that way in that same tone with the same words and with the same language so that you're not actually creating more internal negativity and more internal stress. The other thing is that I would highly recommend that you do is to find a way, carve out a way to support others, support the community, support someone who needs it. The science is conclusive about giving And supporting as medicine. Mm. Because when you are in sharing mode, when you are doing something for someone else, when you are caring for someone else, when you are benefiting someone else, it totally puts you in a totally different part of the brain and the nervous system that cannot do the problem, right? It is the smart brain. When you are sharing and caring and giving, you're accessing your smart brain. You're accessing the um the more evolved parts of the brain. And when you're in that part of the brain, you can't be doing the problem behavior at the same time. The other thing is To care for the body and regularly release tensions from the physical body. When we talked about how the mind lives in the body, you know, like do something regularly to move tensions and stresses out of the body. And that could look like so many things that, yes, exercise is very important, but I don't think it's enough. You know, yoga is great, but I also actually don't think that it's enough. It's ac- accessing, you know, the meridians in the body and the fascia in the body and the myofascia in the body where that where emotions and thoughts get locked in. So I hope these have given you some ways to start thinking about what you could be doing differently. And, and I would also say, you know, maybe you know identifying what your trigger situations are over holidays and just thinking ahead about how you could re-engineer those i mean i i'm considered to be a christmas grinch And that's because, totally, totally, I just can't buy it, because I don't want to get myself into the frenzy of Christmas, and therefore, I have communicated very clearly with the people that I love, you know, about why I do Christmas the way I do, and it's not about them but this is what i need to remain sane during the holiday and can they support it and can i tell you helen that a lot of people now because this is now i'm going on to seven years of doing grinching at christmas a lot of my friends actually now ask if they can grinch with me and a lot of them say oh i'm pulling a for christmas this year and you know because for me i want to start off my new year feeling well good
1: happy and centered i'm not totally frazzled. That's so funny, Faye, because I am a Christmas Grinch. Are you a grinch? I am a total Grinch. grinch. Helen, how do you Grinch? Well, last year, my partner and I, I said to him, I'm not doing Christmas this year. I think we should book somewhere else. And so he didn't want to do Christmas either. Um, and so we decided we we booked our holiday for that time. So we went down to Te Aroha, which was beautiful. Yeah. we we bought all the food that we wanted just you know yeah. the special things and yeah. you know all of that stuff yeah. and we had a really nice time we had our dog with us we went for walks we had lovely food and it was just it was just really really nice and so i i recommend people do that because i you know we were in the mall the other day and i <gasps> i I'm, I'm nosy by nature and there was this couple sitting next to us when we were eating our sushi and they were talking about Christmas. And I just wanted to interrupt them <laughs> and say, because the, the man was saying, oh, I just wish one year we could, you know, go to a nice hotel. And I just wanted to say to him, do, do it. it. Do it's, it. Just do it. Yeah. Just do I was it. Saying, just do it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I recommend it to anyone because I think actually you can get together as a family anytime. Why don't do yeah. Just. Take that stress away and do what you want because it was such a lovely time. So I, I endorse doing a Fay.
2: Totally, <laughs> it's Helen and Fay. Actually,
0: you know what? We we love my husband and I. We love to go wind down the year in, in a beautiful place in nature, like you would pick a new place every single year, and we actually use that time to be very kind to our bodies. So while everybody else is abusing their body, drinking a lot, staying up late, eating a lot, you know, stressing running around at the malls. We actually, we come back in the new year and we are on top of the world and it feels amazing. And the thing is, I don't know if you necessarily need to go away to do that, although I totally endorse it, but there was one year we weren't able to go away, but still, still uh, we had those banners. We're like, no, we're not going to be going crazy on the gifts or we're not going to be going crazy on the food. We're not going to be running around to the malls. We're not going to go crazy on the decorations. This is how we do Christmas. And we had people over and they loved coming over because it was cold. Yeah. and um you know i think you just need to do what works for you and that's part of being true to yourself and examining why you do things not because everybody else is doing them why what is it that you want to do
1: for yourself for the holiday how do you want to feel it's so true and i i kind of want to touch on this because I, I think when you've had cancer um you just afterwards, there's this thing that hangs over you because it's always that worry. Is it coming back? Is it coming back? Yeah. And um, so there's all those stresses, you know, should I go vegan? Should I, you know, all of this. I haven't done any of that because, (laughs) um, because it just hasn't felt right for me. And so what I've slowly been doing, and actually as you've been talking, I've been realizing that. I could do all of those physical things, but that's actually not going to change in here because this is this is the hardest part, um, is is addressing all of that stuff, mm-hmm. and so, it's just being curious and noticing your reactions. Oh, that's interesting. I seem to have, be having quite a big response to that. Last and not week, judging it, and not judging it, and sort of going, oh, I think you might be a bit strung out. So, mm-hmm. it, so last week. We went out and I had a complete meltdown afterwards because part of my ADHD, I get overstimulated and being out in the traffic and stuff was, you know, it was too much. And so I said to Ross um, last night, I think, I said, do you know what? I think leading up to Christmas, we should avoid the roads on the weekends and just and just do really nice things for ourselves. Yeah. Like I've got a list of sewing projects that I want to get done. He Love just wants it. to, you know, relax around the house. We can ride our bikes and get brunch somewhere. Yes. And it's it's exactly what you're saying of noticing oh, I can see that that response coming up and thinking what is going to be the kindest thing I can do for myself as we lead up to the end of a year that has just been like nothing anyone's experienced. Totally mental. And that's why
0: it's so important, you know, to examine why we do and examine our beliefs. I mean, if you're someone who really enjoys doing Christmas, by all means, I mean, I don't think we're here to change the way people do Christmas, but it's, you know, if if that's creating stress for you, just examine it, just look at it and just think about it. And a big part of the stress, as you mentioned, and it's a big part of also, you know, the work of transforming stress is looking at the emotional stressors, you know, because is it, oh, I don't want to let people down. Well, well, what is it behind letting people down that's problematic for you? You know, oh, I, I, I can't say no. Well, that's a huge huge other discussion right point of discussion and that's a big thing that causes a lot of stress for a lot of people the
1: the people pleasing and they're not being able to say no yeah absolutely Faye has being so fascinating oh, talking to you it's great to talk to you Helen so yeah. so good thank you for yeah. having me on Thanks so much for joining me today. The C Word is every Sunday on Auckland's Planet FM 104.6 FM or online at www.planetaudio.org.nz forward slash the C Word. Thanks for joining me and I'll see you next time.
2: But I'm a chance to get to heaven, slay him. Now I would you so worry about the future? I know the paper's talking, it's so cheap Hey, I've got this brutal challenge and pain on me I'm gonna use my power to ascend You know I've got this running history to Such that there's no I'm in this. I was born to rock and got to laugh. You know, see my feet